For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup sea foam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on sea foam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. A loggerhead sea turtle, maybe the first ever recorded sea turtle, to swim from Cape Town, South Africa, to the Pilbara coast of Australia, a distance of almost 23,000 miles. Loggerhead sea turtles have what is called a cosmopolitan distribution, meaning they live just about anywhere suitable temperatures exist. But the females only lay eggs at select nesting sites. For example, it is suspected that 95% of the Americas' loggerhead population nest in Japan. In 1996, one turtle was tracked making that trip from Mexico, a distance of about 9,000 miles, which at the time was the only cross-ocean basin journey of any marine mammal on record. Not to play this admittedly amazing journey down, but adult loggerheads spend 85% of their lives submerged. They're capable of holding their breath for over four hours. They literally travel the world on ocean currents. So as per usual, when you hear the words only recorded in regards to animal research, you need to keep in mind the animal or animals are the only ones that a person or persons have recorded doing something. There could be a whole pile of those same animals making the same journey that people just haven't recorded. This particular story is a little different, though, which is why I think this new loggerhead journey by a turtle named Yoshi is such a cool story. No, I do not like the naming of wildlife, but stick with me on this one. Yoshi was found by a Japanese fishing boat as a small juvenile with a broken carapace, that's a fancy name for shell, and delivered to the Two Oceans Aquarium in Cape Town. Yoshi did well in the aquarium, eventually growing to almost 400 pounds by the time she hit her suspected breeding years. 
Loggerhead turtles may not hit sexual maturity until 17, and in some cases, not until 30-plus years of age. That seems very modern human, depending on the context of the word maturity, or until you take into account their total life expectancy is only about 60 years of age, and the fact that the female will only lay for about three years at a time before going into a kind of reproductive rest or recharge for several more years, sometimes as long as seven. Seems like time is a wasting, but then I think we can all agree a little rest is warranted when each female is potentially birthing 140 eggs every time she hits the beach. Give me all the eggs you have. But back to Yoshi. The team at Two Oceans Aquarium in Cape Town had to make a tough decision to release the first turtle they had essentially raised at the aquarium. For the majority of Yoshi's life, she had known captivity. They could potentially be releasing this turtle straight to its death. Death could come in any number of ways the turtle could never have imagined growing up in the safety of an aquarium. All Two Oceans could do was make sure she was in swimming shape. They accomplished this by training her to swim in between two divers at either end of the 20-meter aquarium. Lap swim, so to speak. Eventually, they outfitted her with a GPS unit and transported her 30 miles off the coast of Cape Town and set her free. Keeping in mind they had no idea of her origin outside of the Japanese fishing boat. So it was anyone's guess where she would end up, and I am sure there were a few guesses that the GPS transmissions would just end. But in two years, the female loggerhead named Yoshi made her way, as far as we know, unscathed, an astonishing 23,000 miles. That's 37,014,912 meters, or 1,850,745.6 laps of the Two Oceans Aquarium pool where she grew up. She did this minus all the learned skills of time in the wild. Only instinct, probably a lot of luck, and a whole lot of lap swim. Keep that in mind, kids. This week, we've got COVID-19, no big surprise there, new sharks, updates, the Land and Water Conservation Fund, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. All sorts of new and interesting things are happening. As everyone knows, we watched a new disease grow and spread from a wet market in Wuhan, China. The legal trade of wildlife includes the capture of wild animals as well as the breeding of a wide variety of animals to be sold at market right alongside illegal wildlife that is mixed in amongst the domestic, exotic, sometimes captured, sometimes homegrown animals. On display in these wet markets, the live animals are stacked on top of each other in their cages, facilitating a cocktail of bacteria and the easy transfer of viruses such as SARS, such as swine flu, and now such as COVID-19. We have had many ups and downs with wildlife here in the United States, and we are likely to have many more. One move that seems like a winner currently is the prevention of the sale and trade of wildlife. Meat Eater's own Patrick Durkin just wrote the follow-up article to the story of Steve Porter, the Minnesota deer farmer who broke a travel ban imposed by the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources when a case of CWD, a disease that is transmitted through prions affecting the brain, nervous system, and is 100% fatal, was found at a farm over 200 miles away. The State Department of Natural Resources imposed the shipping restrictions on captive cervids in order to mitigate the potential spread of the disease while they investigated the possible comings and goings of deer from that facility with the known case. 
Now, it is very important to note that CWD is not a bacteria or a virus. It is in its own special category of spongiform encephalopathies. Again, transmitted through the passing of prions found in mucus, fecal matter, most likely passed during close contact. There are no known cases of CWD jumping to humans. I think Pat Durkin did a fantastic bit of journalism here. Please go follow up for the whole story at TheMeatEater.com. But let's focus on the good stuff. We are working from home. The meat heater office is traditionally a petri dish where if someone sneezes in one end of the building, somebody else is blowing their nose at the other. Some steps to mitigate the spread of this disease seem way over the top for those of us in the low risk category, but let me tell you, I have a 91-year-old grandmother with one lung. She's on oxygen full-time and is squarely in the high-risk segment of our population. She loves to be outside in her garden, and she just told me that she wants to get back out fly fishing this summer. And that is why her health matters to you, you calloused and selfish individuals. Not only are we talking about someone who provides habitat for our pollinators, we are talking about a licensed angler here. So do your part to keep granny fishing. Wash your hands and keep that social distance up. In other news, we have two very big announcements coming up, only one of which I'm going to tell you about this week. Cal's Week in Review field reports are hitting the Meat Eater YouTube channel, so go right now and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you'll know exactly when the episodes drop. We're also going to release some other fun content to go along with it, things that should get you thinking. You will get to see a look at the commercial and recreational carp fishery in Tennessee, the Zumwalt Prairie Preserve, and you'll get to join Eric Siegfried of Onyx Maps and myself as we check out some hard-to-reach public land that should motivate you to get outside. So once again, subscribe to the Meat Eater YouTube channel, take a picture of you in your Cal's Week in Review hat or shirt with one of the episodes on whatever device, Email me at askcal at themeateater.com or shoot me a message on the old Cal 406 Instagram handle and I'll select a few of you for a box of meat eater spices or something else equally as awesome. Another thing to be looking out for is uh, I've been doing a lot of cutting, as you know, with my favorite steel battery powered saw and I have not been doing a lot of maintenance. So I'm going to be uh, posting up a quick and dirty how to sharpen your chainsaw chain Look out for that one as well. A lot of people think that getting life insurance means you're insuring yourself for yourself, but it's actually the exact opposite. It's insuring yourself for your family. So if something happens to me and I'm not around anymore, I can have more peace of mind that my family can have some financial support. And that's where Fabric by Gerber Life comes in. More than once in my life, my journey, people have described me as an independent person. And that's how I want to stay even when I'm dead. That's how I want to be remembered. That's why I have life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. If you've got kids, and especially if you're young and healthy, the time to lock in low rates is now. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meatfabric.com slash cal. That's meatfabric.com slash cal. M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash cal. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. 
I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Over to the bug desk. A recent study published in the journal Nature and Ecology has found that in regards to the cowpea weevil, which is a small beetle, that increased sexual competition actually leads to a higher rate of genetic mutations in offspring, whereas in areas where the cowpea weevil has little to no competition for reproduction, there is little to no genetic mutations in the offspring. Meaning that when many males compete for one female, in this case competing for the ability to breed, then a male sperm has to compete with other male sperm to fertilize the female's eggs. There is a higher likelihood that there will be some sort of variation from the norm in the offspring produced. Remove the competition and the odds of producing offspring that lack genetic mutation goes way down. So now you can kind of think, wow, competition is a bad thing. To put in human terms, as we like to do, you can potentially decrease the risk of having an abnormal baby if you find the mate that is uh, the easiest. Lacks others' attention, is what I'm trying to say. If you were to select the most sought-after mate, the one it seems all the girls or guys fawn after, you could, if you were cowpea weevil that is, run the risk of having a child that has something a little different going on. Could be good, could be bad. But here is the other thing they found after playing this study out. Eventually, the high competition group, over the course of many, many generations, found its plateau. The competition led to many genetic mutations, but those mutations eventually led to a much higher rate of production of healthier individuals. Kind of a doing it the easy way or doing it the hard way sort of thing. You may not want to consider that without those genetic mutations and variations, the cow pea weevil may have just stayed a calf pea weevil. Quick aside here, if you are ever in the Colorado Springs area, look up the Bug Museum. I've been there with my family, I've been there with friends, I've even taken a date there once. It does not disappoint. Possibly, and please check and use precautions if you're doing some homeschooling due to our collective mitigation of the spread of COVID-19, you could 
possibly arrange a private tour. If not, keep it on your list. If it were here in Bozeman, Montana, I would be there at least once a month. Moving on to the new Critter Desk. As you know by now, I love the fact that we still have new species to discover. It is a real bright spot in my day, so here's the latest. Saw sharks live in the three major oceans, Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian, but the majority of saw sharks seem to be concentrated in the western Pacific Ocean. It is there that a research team looking at the effects of fisheries off of the coast of Zanzibar and Madagascar discovered the two new species. I'm just going to stop and say I love this already. For my money, there's nothing better than discovering new species unless you are discovering them off the Zanzibar and Madagascar coast. Just has an old-timey sense of discovery and adventure to it, right? Anyway, these two new saw shark species each sport two very dignified-looking whiskers called barbels that help them comb the murky depths for food. They also have the long snouts lined with razor-sharp teeth that vary in size, giving it a saw-like appearance. Just like the other saw sharks, it is presumed that the saw for these newcomers to the group is used to literally cut up oversized prey by whipping their heads back and forth, cutting prey into bite-sized pieces. Where these two new species differ is they have six gill slits instead of the standard five, lumping them in with only one other known six-gilled saw shark. Very cool stuff. Like all of our sharks and rays, different fisheries have different problems, and these two may already be in hot water, so to speak. Another thing that makes these six-gilled sharks interesting is that they will hang at much shallower depths than the other known, typically very deep living saw sharks, making them vulnerable to incidental catch in this area. So maybe, if you shine a little light on our two newest known six-gilled sharks, definitely look them up. The pictures, especially from underneath, are fantastic, and spread the word, perhaps a little more appreciation will help conserve them. It does help sometimes. Moving on, but staying in the water, a fly fishing guide and captain, Jose Yukon, guided a client onto a permit, which his angler caught, and the captain tagged. A permit is a member of the jack family and a highly sought-after sport fish. Catching one is one of the top ways fly anglers like to measure themselves against other fly anglers. This captain put a dart tag on the 28-inch permit and released it back into Mexico's famous Ascension Bay. Typically, permit populations tend to stick around certain areas, but as with any species, you get your free rambling types. This past January, that same permit ended up on another captain's boat, this time in Belize's Ambergues Cay about 184 miles away. The Bonefish and Tarpon Trust, a nonprofit that has put in an incredible amount of cash and advocacy work for these species, are funding the research to track permit movements. This particular case shows a permit moving from one protected area to another. In order to do this, the permit traveled through areas where people still keep them for food, both for personal consumption and profit, bringing up the question, are the protected areas big enough? Right now, many areas of protection for species, salt, fresh, land dwelling, are on a voluntary basis where individuals within an area, a cay, a beach, a region, a mountain, a state, will regulate the legality of take. In the case of a big tasty permit, I would like to think that the possibility of a middle ground exists here. They don't need to be reserved solely for catch and release tourism, and they don't need to be overfished to death to fulfill demand at the market. Check out the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust for more information. 
moving over to the land and access desk. Many of you have written in and asked about the Great American Outdoors Act, that mega, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to help our public lands, parks, BLM, U.S. Forest Service, and fund access programs and easements through the Land and Water Conservation Fund. In short, it warms my heart. Thank you very much. The act still lives. Please do not be afraid to call right now your congressional representatives and tell them to support this bipartisan, both-sides-of-the-aisle legislation. Many state parks and refuges have closed in order to remove employees from the risk of contracting and spreading COVID-19. This seems so counterintuitive to see places like this close when I certainly feel we need them most. But here's the deal. Park visitors and refuge visitors and national forest visitors have proven that we want empty garbage cans and clean bathrooms. We want maintained trails, paths, and signage. It takes people and money to do that. As of this recording, many national parks are open and free of charge. Don't mess this up. Get out. Get some social distance. But don't be afraid to pick up trash if you see it. Don't steal the darned TP out of the restrooms. Be kind and courteous to your fellow park goers as we need everyone to take some ownership of these places. We need them now more than ever. Before you go, make a self-imposed park entrance fee of a single phone call and tell your duly elected to not settle for anything less than the full package and passage of the Great American Outdoors Act. If they are not a co-sponsor, tell them to get on board. That's all I've got for you this week. Believe me, I have so much more to tell you. If you have anything for me, write in to AskCal, that's A-S-K-C-A-L, at TheMeatEater.com. If you are loving what you are hearing, tell a friend or three. And be sure to leave me a review by hitting that furthest right-hand star. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks, sent right to your door visit mauinuivenison.com that's m-a-u-i-n-u-i venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order